Welcome to Hot, Healthy, Never Hungry, a podcast dedicated to changing the way women eat to lose weight so they can feel their hottest. I'm your host, Lauren Hubert, former fad dieter turned registered dietitian. Each week, I'll share all of my favorite healthy eating tips and swaps, help you through frustrations on your journey, and show you the science behind losing weight. Hot, Healthy, Never Hungry is here to make weight loss simple, fun, and easy to stick to for life. Hello, sexy fit babes. Welcome back to another episode of Hot, Healthy, Never Hungry. I'm your dietitian BFF, Lauren Huber, and today is actually a really fun episode for two reasons. One, as I'm recording this, I'm sitting on my little couch moment, trying to get my whole little studio space set up in my office for podcasting. However, we are moving soon, so this may change, but I bring this up because I am recording the video, which is new for me. Fun fact, I started this podcast, as you guys know, in a little, little teeny tiny apartment before TSN blew up, before anyone was helping me out with this shindig, and before I had a lot of clients. But regardless, I share this with you because with the podcast, I've only done audio, so I was able to just wear my ugly AF clothes and just do a little audio moment with you guys talking into the mic. But now, as the show has grown, I know I got to get this little booty doing a little video moment. So we're going to try to post these videos on YouTube. I'm really excited for it for you ladies, um, especially for like a little visual component, right? Um, but that is not why we are just here, guys. Today's episode is a really good one. One that I've like, t- like tiptoed talking about a little bit, but something that we've never gone like a... F- like I almost said face first guys, we haven't done like a full blown diving moment into this and it is cravings. I want to talk about all things cravings with you guys. I want to explain why cravings happen, what goes into a craving in the first place, why cravings are actually totally freaking normal. Yes. I said that ladies cravings are normal and really why it's so important to understand why they happen because they can be avoided. Cravings are normal, but also what you eat and your food environment and so many other factors that we're going to unpack today go into why you might have cravings. But I also want to tell you, if you do get a craving, what you can do about it. Do we honor it? Do we make a healthful swap? It can be so confusing, especially in the diet world that we live in. So I'm very excited to talk all things cravings with you guys. So let's dive in. So for us to understand what to do when we have a craving, we actually have to go back to the beginning of the story, guys, right when the story begins, like the OG moment. And that is why they actually occur in the first place. So cravings occur for many different reasons. And I hate to kind of say it, but cravings are actually really complex. A lot of times we think, oh my God, cake just tastes so good. That's why I'm craving the cake and the chocolate and the chips. And that's why I can't stop eating it. It's not quite that simple. It actually is a little bit more complex. So first and foremost, let's dive into what goes into a craving. The first factor that goes into cravings is your environment. And I am not just talking about the food in front of your face, but even where you were at, your stress levels dependent around the people and the places that you're in. Even the time of day could kind of go into environment. The environment that you surround yourself with and your access to foods absolutely impacts your your want and desire to crave a food. I mean, actually, guys, we studied this in dietetics school, which is really just college. <laughs> My degree was dietetics. But 
really when it comes to like TV commercials, that's why around the Super Bowl, they can be so, so powerful. I mean, really not just the Super Bowl, but you guys get the picture where you see these foods on the TV and you might not even want a Big Mac or a Whopper, but then you're like, shit, like, do I actually want that? That all goes into your environment. And also it's a little bit of what you're consuming, but the environment, how you're feeling absolutely goes into it. And speak of how you feel, your environment and also specifically your emotions have a massive impact on really why we crave food in the first place. Depending on your emotional state and your mood, it may cause you to go to food for comfort, to want to soothe or medicate yourself through food, which I know is a common expression I've had clients use with me. But what can also happen is your emotional state, whether good, bad, indifferent, something happy happens at work, something really tragic happens in your family, whatever environment it is, all of these emotions go into your desire and want for food paired with all the other things that go into it. Our brain is also hardwired in very unique ways. That's why women, men, all of us may respond different to different moments and situations. So how your brain is hardwired absolutely does have an impact on your ability to process information, um, decide, and really have decision-making skills. And so that can also go into food cravings and even our desires and likes of food too. Think of our tongue, guys. Also that. Okay, another thing too is hormones. So our hormones are, have massive impact on actually how we eat. And I'm not talking about when people are like, I have hypothyroidism. That's not quite what I'm talking about hormones in terms of our hunger hormones. So there are two hormones to really keep in mind. We have ghrelin and leptin. Ghrelin, my husband always makes fun of me, but I always say, grr, that's the hunger hormone. Grr, I'm hungry. My, my stomach is grumbling is a good way to think about it. So our hunger hormone, ghrelin and leptin is our fullness hormone. Just two examples I can share with you guys today. These hormones have impact on our actual biological desire to want food. So what's really interesting is actually, actually as we diet and lose weight, our ghrelin hormone goes up because our body wants food because our blood sugar is getting lower because we're having these signs and symptoms of hunger. And I would argue, especially when it comes to that environment that we're putting ourselves in, if we pair, for instance, a lot of hunger because we don't have a lot of food in our system, our blood sugar is lower, we have these overt signs of hunger, and we pair that with a very tempting food environment, it can make sense why we're craving these foods. And actually, it's our body's hardwired design to protect ourselves from, we're going to go there, guys, diet. Like if we didn't eat when we were cave women, that was a very dangerous thing that led to literally not having food and starving to death. So we are hardwired to want food. And when we also pair that with very delicious forms of food, which we're going to talk about in a moment, that can really, really up the ante in terms of our cravings and desires to eat certain foods. And lastly, an important one is our habits. And this is one I think a lot of us tend to skip over, but habits over time can really feed into all of the mechanisms and moments and the environment that we put ourselves in to create a moment where we overeat. What I mean by that is when we are exposed to very delicious, what is called hyper palatable foods. These are foods that we define in the science space that have a mix of ingredients that make food very palatable, which means like very tasty, like our brain and body and our taste buds. We love that shit. It will enhance our consumption. So when we consistently eat these forms of food, that high palatable foods, highly palatable foods are really foods that have a perfect combination of fat 
sugar, carbs, and sodium. These are all of those tastes we really, really love. It's not that we become just addicted to the food. I don't say that word, but these foods make us want to eat more of them. I mean, literally in college, guys, I still remember till this day, I learned about candy bars and how candy bars from like the crunch and like how we feel the crunch in our mouth with the chocolate and like the perfect combinations of all the different things in the candy bar. So this candy bar makes us literally want to eat it. It is really designed so we will eat more of it because it tastes so darn good. And why this can be difficult is when you have a lot of these foods, it literally will change taste preferences and how you interpret taste. I mean, think about it. When you eat foods that are very, very processed with refined grains and high fat, high sugar, maybe there's high sodium in it, it alters what healthy foods taste like. That's when people have a lot of sweets, for instance, they're like, oh my goodness, like the strawberry isn't even sweet anymore. I have actually experienced that myself in my life. So I share that with you because it disrupts our perception of flavor. It can disrupt our appetite regulation, especially when we have a lot of these foods and really our habits. And that's why it's not just the environment, it's our environment and also our choices within the environment. We're not hardwired just to create these foods. It's also our, our consistent exposure to them. That's really going to impact how, how we respond in these environments. So cravings are quite complex, but I share this with you because it is really easy to know what you need to do, but can be very difficult to actually do it. And when you find yourself in these moments of craving a lot of foods, that's where sometimes our approach and how we overcome cravings is going to differ, differentiate person to person. And that really is based on why the cravings are happening in the first place. But ultimately, if you are listening to this show, you want to understand how to navigate your cravings. You don't want to be a victim to our food environment. You don't want to be a victim to the fact that we're foodies and we really love food. But you may see that some of your food cravings are sabotaging you. You're understanding what you need to do, but you just can't find yourself to do it. You feel frustrated by your cravings. Or honestly, you aren't sure if your diet and your habits are actually exacerbating your cravings or making them worse. And for that, I want to talk to you guys about really what to do when cravings happen for you, what, how to navigate cravings so you are not just a victim to love and food, but you can love food and also achieve your aesthetic goals. So what I'm actually about to say may shock you guys a little bit, but cravings are not just because your environment and food tasting really good. I actually see in practice and really, really believe that cravings are not just something that you fall victim to, but it also is based upon what your lifestyle, diet, and really the habits that you have are like. And in practice, I actually very much say to my clients that cravings can be avoided, in my opinion. And I want to basically break down for you guys now a few of the reasons why cravings might be really, really difficult for you right now, especially if you are in a weight loss journey, to make sure that we have the foundation right. And I will say, even if you have really bad cravings that are completely unrelated to the things that I'm talking about, what I am going to share with you are actually the first lines of defense that you really need to keep in mind if you are struggling with food cravings on your weight loss journey. Because if this foundation is set up right, you are going to have a whole lot of trouble, be your hottest, be your healthiest, and ultimately sticking to your diet. 
Okay, number one on the list, guys, is the amount of calories that you eat. If you are not consuming the proper amount of calories for weight loss for your body, and I'm going to define what that means, that can really exacerbate cravings because if you are very much under fueling on your weight loss journey, you are not eating the proper amount of calories, you are in a very severe caloric deficit. There is no amount of anything that's going to prevent you from craving food because your hunger hormones are going to skyrocket to the rooftops. You are going to be feeding and literally salivating at the, I'm looking at food, wanting it. And let me tell you, if you are feeling that way, if you're anything like me, that is usually when I make the horrible food choices that get me off track with my diet. So that's why setting up your calorie budget properly is so, so very important for weight loss and is very important for preventing cravings from happening in the first place. Um, number two on the list is making sure the balance of your plate. I know a lot of these sound really simple, but it's so important because it's the foundation of your diet, girlfriend but making sure you have balanced meals with sufficient nutrients that your body needs is really going to be so important for your weight loss goals. And the specific nutrients I really want you keeping in mind are protein, fiber, and healthy fats. I always talk about the balance plate as having a carb, a protein, a veggie, or a pop of color on there. But really when it comes to warding off cravings, a huge part of it is actually warding off hunger. So keeping hunger at bay, feeling satisfied, feeling really good. So that's really where this whole idea of healthy eating is not the same as healthy eating for weight loss. You want to make sure you're getting nutrients that are going to basically support satiety is a good way to put it. And satiety is a fancy scientific word for getting a freaking full lady. So um, protein, fiber, healthy fats are going to be really key. And if there's ever a dysregulation of those portion sizes, even with the proper amount of calories, if you're not getting the specific amount of these nutrients in your diet, it's going to be very, very difficult to get full. And just because I haven't talked about it at length on this podcast, we talk about protein and fiber all the time, but healthy fats are actually really important. As a female, it's important for our hormone health, but it also is really important for gastric emptying. And so we're having a little science here today, but Fat is the highest calorie macronutrient, meaning we don't need a big portion size of it to get the, the nourishment we need for the day per se, but the really healthy fat sources that I think of things like avocado and olive oil and nuts, these are really important, not just for health and you know we get fat-soluble vitamins that are absorbed because we get fat through our diet, However, they're really important because fat is the macronutrient that has the longest time for gastric emptying. We always think about fiber and carbs and protein because it's protein <laughs> with really being full, but fat is also really, really important. So it's very important in the combination of all of these nutrients for getting full in the right portion sizes. And lastly, a big, big way that you can actually avoid getting cravings that is so flippin' counterintuitive, but I have to go there with you ladies today, is actually incorporating the trigger foods, those, those damn craving foods in the first place into your diet. Now, I'm going to talk about times and situations where this may not be the best fit, but in general, when you are dieting, like so many of my clients have done before working with me, they oftentimes really struggle with incorporating fun and balance. And truthfully, for many, many women, especially if you have a little bit of a hot mess mindset around food, maybe you're very all or nothing when you diet. I'm talking like the gossip girls. I'm talking the party girls and the wiser weight loss hot mess quiz. You ladies really, really struggle with finding balance. I mean, really any, any person can, but especially these, these quote unquote weight loss types that I talk about a lot. I bring it up because for so many women, especially pretty girls, they think, okay, I can never, ever, ever touch a slice of pizza, a taco, a margarita, a candy bar, pizza chocolate. Like, like there are these foods that we think are just completely off limits when you're trying to lose weight. And 
make a mistake. Like the foods you're trying to avoid are actually the ones that you're absolutely craving, which is why it can be extremely powerful to actually moderately, I was going to say modestly, but moderately include these foods into your weight loss diet as you are losing weight. And I know it sounds really counterintuitive, but this will help you demystify them. It will help you make them normalize in your diet because a lot of times when we pair not having the right amount of calories, not having the right portion sizes, and then going on this really, really intense strict diet that doesn't allow you to include foods you just genuinely enjoy, that almost makes the situation worse. Because if you had one of these things, eh, like maybe cravings would be a little bit more at bay for you, but when we have all three of these things that basically, I'm going to swear, guys, are the trifecta for fucking up fat loss, let me tell you, it's going to cause so many cravings because you're not having the right amount of calories. You're in such a severe deficit. Your balanced meals are non-existent. So you're not getting the proper nutrients that are healthful and satiating for your body. And then you're also not having the foods you actually love and enjoy. I mean, it makes sense where you're craving these foods. It's not the environment. It's the damn diet that you are following. So this is why I'm such a big believer that we have to get this foundation right for us to really set ourselves up to not get these cravings in the first place. But there are times and situations when your habits be doing you dirty, when you are craving a lot of foods and you just can't break the quote unquote habit of it. And if you are ever wondering to yourself, but what if the foods I crave literally every single flipping day, I want a piece of chocolate, a slice of cake. Like, what does that look like? I am a believer and I see this with myself. So I am, I am not above this guy. So I, I personally feel this very much. Sometimes the foods you crave are intertwined into your habits. I've seen this in my life. I see it in my clients' lives. And it's probably one of the most difficult things to talk about because we're blending this healthy relationship to food piece with also the science of what we know our body actually really needs. And then the fact that the science of nutrition and everything we talk about, it isn't just a textbook, it's our life. And whenever we are making choices that then impact all these different processes in our body, we're human science. So this is when this becomes really difficult and even understanding the habits that are happening in the first place. But I want to talk about sugar for this example. I think it's one of the easiest ways to kind of look at the bigger picture of what's going on. So like I mentioned before, sometimes including fun foods can be wildly powerful in your weight loss journey because you get to incorporate them. It helps us demystify, really normalize these foods that for ages, I mean, if you've been on a weight loss journey for uh, over a year, you guys know that you have been you know, told there are certain foods that are bad, there are certain foods that are good. I like to come in with the approach that there are foods that are more healthful, that are really important to be the foundation of your diet. And then, yeah, there's more foods that I consider fun foods. I don't call them bad over here, but they're fun foods. They're delicious. They're those very hyper palatable foods that are just like so unbelievably tasty. And there is a big power to normalizing them in your diet. But then on the converse, what can happen? And this is actually totally off topic, but I do see clients segue into this after they've really embodied intuitive eating and not the intuitive eating that they thought that they were going to be helping them with, with losing weight. And they just, it becomes normal, which is good that these foods are normal, but that it becomes a little bit of a habit. And that's where we can look at this a little bit more objectively from a health and fat loss perspective, from a scientific perspective, and be like, okay, I really want to improve the healthfulness of my diet. And a lot of times this may happen even when you get diagnosed with like a medical thing later in life, but regardless. So when you start incorporating these foods more, it will help you not 
just crave them because you're not having them because we want what we can't have. But we also need to understand why we have so many of them so often. And a lot of times you're like, oh, it's now 5 p.m. That's when I crave ice cream. But if that's happening every single day, that's not become a habit for you. Maybe it's the time of day, the time when you're unwinding, the environment, the the type of food it is. And it becomes so normal for you, which is fine. That's great. But at the same time, if it's becoming a habit for you, it might be time to really assess why you're going for these foods. And I would argue, what would one day of not having it really look like? And that's why I say how you respond to cravings really depends on why they are occurring. And what's really the deeper rooted issue that might be going on here. Sometimes it's not an issue. Sometimes it's just been a habit that you formed because you really, really like it. And that's where sometimes actually creating space between you and the food that you're craving. For some people, I know that's like diet culture. Oh my goodness. Why would you recommend that? But it's not diet culture. And I want to explain why. So if you are eating something every single day, and when you look at your diet, it's hard to hit your calories, hard to hit your protein targets. And regardless of that, it's just a habit that you've formed. Let me give you an example. If you traveled across the world, and you didn't have access to that one very food that maybe is only here in the United States. If you traveled and you couldn't get access to the food, what would happen? You, you would be okay, right? So when you have developed a dependence on a certain food, I think psychologically, sometimes it can be helpful to separate yourself from it, even just short term. And, and in a very chill way, sometimes when I'm like, I'm eating ice cream every single night, I just don't buy it. Or maybe I buy a swap, which is a whole different conversation. But Food is something I love habits. I want it to be a positive experience for you guys. But I also think it's very important as you approach not just weight loss, but weight maintenance at the end of your journey to be cognizant of your habits. It's taking inventory and how often you're having certain foods and for what reason that it is. It's not because the food is bad and you can't have it, but it's understanding the frequency that you're having it in your diet. And just even auditing, not even like the fun foods, but like the healthfulness of your diet. So anyway, I think especially when it comes to cravings, a lot of times, long story short, basically summarizing my TED talk for you ladies, when you are having a food and you're craving it and it feels like every day at a certain time, you always want this one food, I would take inventory on it. Is it because you have a shitty relationship with it? So you're wanting to eat it and you know all these different environmental factors are going to why you want it. Or is it just a habit that you formed? And is there any benefit to creating some separation for a very short amount of time? And why that is actually so impactful that I've seen in my life is when I've gotten very dependent on certain foods, it's become a habit. It's just like this hardwired thing every time of day I want it. But when I take a little break from it, my, my habits are so different. And then at the end of that little break, I'm like, I can implement it, but it's not something I'm dependent on because you should be dependent on anything. I mean, I'm dependent on water and I'm dependent on, of course, get my protein every meal. There are some foods I love and I eat every single day, but it's important to understand if cravings are an issue for you, sometimes creating some separation, which can be difficult for that first time. You know, late in the day, you're going to be craving those chips or those sweet treats. You might really want it. But if you went one day without it, what would happen? I hope not the next day you would overeat. But oftentimes for many people, if it's a habit that you form, taking a little hiatus can actually really help you out psychologically and help you get better control on your habits. And of course, the most fun part of this conversation is, you know, sometimes I think actually just honoring their craving is really fun. But as a dietitian, I'm all for healthful swaps. And when I say healthful swaps, I don't mean every time you have the craving, we have to go for the low calorie option. Absolutely not. In fact, I think sometimes that can be really detrimental to our relationship to food and our satisfaction. 
But sometimes I love a little swap moment. And actually, as I'm recording this episode, which fun fact, guys, if you are listening to this in real time, this is being released. I actually literally recorded this episode and the audio got so effed up. The video got non-existent. And my podcast editor was like, Lauren, I think you really need to redo the episode. So we are here. We're redoing it. And I love it. But I get to add in now since I recorded it. I actually did this this weekend post-recording that first initial episode that I thought was going to go live that didn't. Anyway, I share that with you because this weekend, my husband and I made cookies and we were wanting to make it a little bit more nourishing. We wanted to, when I say nourishing, I mean like less added sugar because we love a little sugar moment or I should really talk for myself. Like I love a little sugar moment. So what we did is we made homemade cookies, like the generic, like OG recipe that you probably find everywhere on the internet. However, we swapped it for Swerve. So we used Swerve products um, to make it lower calorie and lower sugar. And that was really awesome. Sometimes I do this with other different types of foods I make. So for instance, I love berry bowls. So instead of ice cream, maybe I'm doing a berry bowl. I posted the recipe on my Instagram, the one I love. Sometimes I'll do like Greek yogurt ice cream bars. Um, sometimes I'll just have like a little piece of chocolate, which like isn't a swap. But for me, a swap is like, okay, having like this... 300 calorie ice cream that's like one cup to like a little piece of chocolate that's a little bit more portion controlled um so there's so many different ways to do it sometimes i have fresh fruit and i pair that with some whipped cream and it's super tasty but regardless you could you there's so many different swaps i'm just thinking them off the top of my head now you could do pretzels with chocolate hummus is one of my favorite or like bananas and chocolate hummus or bananas and peanut butter and a chocolate chip there's so many different ways but anyway i share it with you because small swaps can be really helpful to help you get that same nourishment of the craving, but also nourish your body with really good nutrients at the same time that I'd argue are better for your metabolism, baby. But all in all, ladies, you can have the regular version of sweets. You can have the regular version of anything that you are craving, but sometimes a little swap moment can be wildly helpful on your weight loss journey, but you have to find that balance for yourself. I get very alarmed Every time I look at someone's food blog and the only thing I see is diet foods, the only thing I see is low calorie swaps, the only thing I see is artificial sweeteners, because I think it really, for me as a coach and dietitian, I just see that as sometimes my clients, all they want is the diet food because they think it's better. And I do just have to say, sometimes you may have the diet food version of something, but if you're having it so often that might actually be more calories overall than if you just had the regular version and got that ultimate satisfaction for maybe a less frequent amount of days. So I just wanted to put that out there. But regardless, cravings are normal. Everyone experiences cravings, especially on your period, which is a whole different can of worms. We're not opening up today, but it is natural to crave foods. It's natural to want foods. It's natural to have a strong desire to have certain foods. Food is emotional. Food is culture. Food is our relationships with other people and how we bond and connect with others. It's sometimes how we cope with difficult emotions. It's sometimes how we celebrate. Food is everywhere. Food is normal. It's very normal certain times of year to crave certain flavors and certain dishes and certain cuisines. Food is normal, having hunger is normal, and having cravings are normal. However, the extent at which they occur depends on your environment, depends on your habits, and depends on things that you actually can control. But understand this, ladies, on a weight loss journey, it is important to control your cravings, but you don't want to control them to the point where at the end of the journey, all those cravings hit you, and then you're binging on everything in sight. That's why as you lose weight, it is incredibly important to navigate and figure out cravings, not just for the result of weight loss, but to set yourself up for weight loss for life. Mm -hmm.